time. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A pet.com. And Furniture Cat Furniture. Quality cat furniture. Online at furniture.com. That's P-U-R-R-N-I-T-U-R-E.com. What's up, pet pals? Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Yep, I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, our first guest is the very popular, the very insightful veterinarian, Dr. Judy Morgan. And later in the show, we're going to welcome from Bow Wow Labs, a clinical pet nutritionist, Jana Devereaux. Together, they're on a mission to help prevent choking in our pets. In fact, they're even teaming up to launch the first National Pet Choking Prevention Day. It's set for June 22nd. So first up, Dr. Judy Morgan. Move over that Dr. Judy that's on a bench waving a gavel. We got the best Dr. Judy. Uh, she is a household name in the pet world. She had practiced veterinary medicine for 36 years. She's now at the helm of the Dr. Judy Morgan's Naturally Healthy Pets Company. She writes books. She's an in-demand speaker. And she's a pretty cool chick. So join me in giving pause and applause to you, Dr. Judy Morgan. Welcome to the show, Dr. Judy. Thank you so much for the invitation. I am always thrilled to be able to educate pet parents. No matter what the topic is, I, I just love reaching pet owners. I like that. That's a good, good pursuit. And we met in person finally <laughs> at Global Pet Expo uh, recently. It's in Orlando. Anybody that goes put on comfortable walking shoes because yes. it's seven football fields long and you were there to help unveil. Tell us about this National uh, Pet Choking Prevention Day. Well, the, this was actually started through Bow Wow Labs. They, um, they make a product which uh, helps prevent choking because it holds bully sticks and long, long-term chews, things that we would give our dogs to chew on uh, for entertainment, for working their teeth and gums and, and their jaws. And um, they realized that what the service that they're providing by providing that product is saving lives. And so they reached out to me and they said, we are, we have gotten National Pet Choking Awareness Day um, scheduled for June 22nd. And we would love to team up to help people become more aware of what causes pet choking, how we can avoid it. And they have a great goal. It's target zero because I like that. They're not I do too. Hi. Yeah. 
yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're going to make a goal, just, you know, go for it because there are over 200,000 choking deaths a year and or choking incidences a year and it's totally preventable. And I've had my own pets choke. I've had many, many patients that have been brought in for choking. I worked in emergency medicine for 10 years. And so I saw some of the strangest cases, things that you would never think okay, could happen. You know. <laughs> and, and when a dog starts choking, you know, they're going from a coughing and a lurching to a like a gasp. I, I call it being the dog father. They got something <laughs> in their throat. So as a veterinarian, not only labs, but dogs sometimes just pop things in their mouth and then they do. Uh oh. So yeah. can you share some crazy things that dogs have choked on that you've helped yeah. save your life? Yeah. So, uh, you know, and the, the, the problem is by the time people get to me, they may have had a five minute car ride, a 10 minute car oh. ride. And so it can be really scary depending on how much of that airway is blocked. I think the scariest one I ever saw was in emergency medicine. It was about six o'clock in the seven o'clock in the morning. And this guy came barreling through the front door, carrying his hundred pound German shepherd. And first of all, I was impressed that he could carry the shepherd, but the shepherd was blue. It was passed out. Yeah. It was not a good scene. And um, I said, what happened? And he said, my dog has a ball stuck in his throat. And so he had one of those rubber balls that has the little hole in the middle with a little bell inside of it. Oh, and he was great. bouncing it off the wall for the dog to catch. And the dog was jumping up and snagging it. And it went well for the first few times. Until the time that he threw it, the dog jumped up and caught it and inhaled, and it lodged perfectly in the airway. It wasn't oh, stuck in the mouth. It was stuck blocking the windpipe totally. Luckily, the guy realized what the dog had done. He lived close by. He tried to get it out. He It, it was wedged because it was a, a good-sized ball. And so we brought this lifeless dog into the back, and I cranked open the mouth and put a mouth gag in. And... The only thing that saved that dog is when the ball went in, the little hole where the bell goes in the middle was facing toward me. So I was able to take a pair of forceps and grab it because of that hole being faced toward me and literally just sucked it up, popped it out. And, you know, then kind of gave the dog a push on the chest and the dog did a <gasps> and came back to life. <laughs> And the guy was so grateful. I was so grateful. I was so, I think, I think everybody in the room burst out in tears. And I just looked at the guy. He said, will you please throw that ball away? I said, yeah, will you please go tell all your friends not to do stupid things like throw balls off the wall? So a few weeks later, yeah. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> a few no. weeks Come later, no. I'm at home and this is before kids. So my Doberman at the time was my child <clears throat> and my husband yeah. at the time played golf. He was and not your child, right? Okay. <laughs> so, but he was out in the yard practicing with his wedge, pitching golf balls. And our oh. Doberman was standing at the other end of the yard doing the exact same thing, grabbing golf balls out of the air. Oh, so <laughs> I, I, I guess I caught a glimpse of it or I went outside and I saw what was going on. And I said, how stupid <laughs> is this? Like, <laughs> You know, really? Uh, so we put an end to that. But I actually had a client come racing into my daytime practice um, with her little Pekingese, I believe it was, uh, choking. And luckily, it was getting a little tiny bit of air. So she had been in her kitchen chopping up turnips in these nice wedges, you know, like kind of like an apple wedge 
size. Mm -hmm. And the dog was standing there watching her cook. And so she was throwing pieces of turnip for the dog to eat. Now you would think that dogs wouldn't even like turnips, but they do. Yeah, and this, this one loved them. <laughs> yeah. So this dog was snatching them up. And I guess when she dropped one, he snatched, gulped it, and it wedged in his airway. <laughs> so wow. she brought in her limp Lhasa or Pekingese with, with a turnip. Second, and I said, well, this is the oddest thing that <laughs> I have Talk removed. About a turn up of events. Oh my yeah, God, that was bad. Yeah, that was a turn of, yeah, turn bad, <laughs> turn down of events. Anyway, but we managed to get it out and, you know, the dog did the same <gasps> and was very grateful. Um, so it is well, it so many things. Like, yeah, crazy things can come. But we're going to, after the break in a bit, we're going to talk about how to do the Heimlich, the doggy Heimlich after the break. But you're just driving home that, I, I mean, there anything in our house that's small could be put in a pet's mouth and then they, they could choke, right? Absolutely. So I have a two and a half year old granddaughter. That means there's okay. lots of toys and lots of oh. small pieces. And my yeah. puppy is 18 and a half or 18 months old. And he thinks that her toys are the best thing in the world. And then I also have a clouder of cats with small toys. So my dogs oh. think they should play with the small cat toys, which at this point I've given up on the small cat toys. I'm like, you guys can't have toys because the dogs keep wanting to eat their small little toy balls. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you can't yeah. do that. So uh, you have to be, you have to think about even what other species are in the household, small children, cats. Need to do a room by room check yeah. frequently because yes. otherwise they're going to come into an ER clinic, right? Dr. Judy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hey, everybody, we're speaking with Dr. Judy Morgan, drjudymorgan.com. Come on, you know her. She has been saving lives of pets forever. She educates us two-leggers, and we're going to find out more about the Heimlich and this choking prevention day after we take this break. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Hey, pet pals, welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Uh, I'm getting schooled in a good way from the very famous Dr. Judy Morgan. I do teach pet first aid. I'm a master instructor. And the doggy Heimlich, everybody wants to pay attention. And I've got a doctor in the house, Dr. <laughs> Judy. So, Dr. Judy, um, can you kind of give us a little, a few tips when you approach a pet that maybe got something in their mouth and because you don't want them to bite you or crush that chicken leg quickly and splinter down their throat. But what, what are you kind of looking for to win to do abdominal thrust? Well, the first thing you want to do is, is the dog up or cat? Is the pet up moving around? Uh, are they down? Are they, okay. you know, like my dogs that were brought to me limp and passed out? Well, it's pretty easy to open their mouth and see what's in there and <laughs> grab it out of there if they're at yeah. that point. Unfortunately, you don't really want them to get to that point. So you want to do anything you can to try to get that away from them. So one of the first things I would say is start with training early, way before a choking Good. episode happens with leave it or drop it. So it, we have like that. we have a new dog in our house, a cocker spaniel, and he has huge prey. That on. one is Charlie. He's Charlie. a rescue that we got uh, in January. 
we've had him a few months and he came to us blind. We had one cataract removed. So he has a tiny bit of vision, but not a whole lot. But he loves, he chases our cats and he loves stuffed animals and stuffed toys. And he wants to attack them and get the squeakers out. So once we figured that out in the first day, we're like, okay, well, anything small, any small squeakers have to go because I didn't want him to choke on them. But he also goes for my granddaughter's stuffed animals and her woolly blankets. And he doesn't know leave it or drop it. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to teach him that or not. I'm not the best dog trainer. But we have frozen treats that I make for them in our freezer. And he loves them. So he had something he was not supposed to have. And he'll bite me if I try to take it from him. My husband said, well, he can't, it was my granddaughter's thing. And I, he said, he, we can't let him chew that up. It's going to be really ugly. And so he was standing next to the freezer. I said, honey, open the freezer and jiggle the ice cubes. That dog dropped that thing in a second and was over there for his treat. <laughs> so, right. so if they, if they have one. something, yeah, if they Try have something zero. you want, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they have something you want, trade it for something better. So that's the first step. Okay, that's very smart. So when they are choking and you hear them, which kind of indicates partial airway blockage, tell I always tell people in class, hold your hand out like this, put that thumb in there, and then make a fist. So can you tell us when you're doing a thrust why we don't have the thumb the thumb out? Well, for one thing, you you can jab them. Yeah, so this is a much better way to do it. You also get a a better. a better thrust and it's stronger and more um, focused and pinpoint. But I'll tell you what I do. You do the thrust. So with my guys, what I start with is uh, before I thrust, I'll actually just thump them on their rib cage on both sides. So with my hands just a little bit cupped, kind of like you were doing coupage for like coughing and that sort of thing. So I will start with, I'm going to give them a thump and sometimes that's enough to get them to, exhale and get that out of there if that doesn't work they and they're still struggling for breath and nothing came out that's when you would go for this up right kind of up under the middle of the rib cage um, and you want to stabilize them you go down past the rib cage where the sternum is or where do you go i go right kind of between where the ribs are at, right at the end of the sternum at the end of the sternum. Okay, yeah. Good. Okay. Um, so that's where I go. And uh, you want to put your other hand, if they're still standing, you want to put your other hand on top of their back to stabilize them. Otherwise, okay. if you push up, the whole whole dog's going to go up instead of you, you want to <laughs> like actually. A <laughs> stick. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you want to stabilize them. So when you give the thrust, it's actually, and what you're doing is you're basically aiming for um, kind of the, the stomach and the, the lungs to get that force of air outward um i think the um placement of your closed fist is at the end of the sternum i i call it the gushy spot the gushy spot <laughs> and in our classes with pet safety dog kona i have everybody feel her rib cage to the end and touch the gushy spot is that the, the gushy medical spot. term gushy spot? that'll work it'll work <laughs> we have a lot of strange medical terms like that you know <laughs> yeah but i think it's important to know what to do right and then oh, definitely yeah. get to the veterinarian because what if they swallowed something else and you didn't know it and exactly it, it's in the belly you got to take an x-ray exactly so and not everything's going to show up on an x-ray a, a soft ball may not show up oh, uh cool. my daughter's dog uh, ate one of the baby's pacifiers 
Oh, it, no. it showed up beautifully stuck in those intestines and required $5,000 oh, no. worth of surgery. So hide oh, those no. from your dogs. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, this seems like it's a doable quest to give us education to do some prevention and yeah. know how to do the Heimlich. So any, any kind of other tips you want to talk about that, Dr. Judy? Well, besides choking on things that they eat, we also have to think about other things in the house. So if they okay. have collar tags that hang and you have oh, floor heat yeah. registers, one of my cats oh. got his collar tag through oh, no. and I came home and he was sitting like this. I had to run all over the house to find him. He was upstairs in the master bedroom sitting like this oh, in the corner. No. I said, what are you doing? And I realized his tag was stuck. So that was the last day any of my cats ever wore collars. And uh, I, I don't like leaving collars on my animals anyway, if I'm not around. Um, mm -hmm. So no putting them in crates with collars on. I had a client whose, whose cat had a uh, collar on. It went outside. It was not a breakaway collar. And she found the cat hanging from the neighbor's soccer net hooked on the collar. Uh, window blind cords, try to get cordless blinds. Um, so many things, rubber bands, hair ties, cats seem to love them and want to eat them. Uh, no, so many things, like strings. Worms. <laughs> I, I know, strings. Uh, if they can find something to choke on, like why does your dog eat your remote control? There's no reason for that, but they do. <laughs> and it has your scent on it, right? Yeah. Well, the other thing is I've heard, and I hate that picture of the goofy golden retriever with, with the four balls, balls in his mouth. Yeah. I'm like, do you want to kill that dog? So Kona likes to play fetch, but I purposely give her a ball too big for her mouth. Can you yes. tell us about that? Yeah. So si this is one time size really matters. Uh, it's like my Doberman with golf balls and that German shepherd with a ball that you would have thought there's no way that could have gotten stuck in there. But if the ball is small enough that they can get the whole thing inside their mouth, then they can get it in their airway. Um, we just got, because my Cocker, Charlie, loves to chase balls, loves to chase anything. We bought one of the balls that has a handle on it. So it's too big. It's, you know, this big for a Cocker Spaniel, but it also has a handle. So he loves carrying nice. it around by the handle. It bounces weird when you throw it because of the handle. And then he can pick it up and bring it back without being able to get his mouth around the ball. So it oh, really like is that. important. DrJudyMorgan.com. And she's so great. She's agreed. We're going to be doing having her back on a four-legged live show. So just stay tuned because she's got a lot more to offer you. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Jana Devereaux. She's with Bow Wow Labs. She's teaming up with Dr. Judy for this big National Pet Choking Prevention Day set for June 22nd. So sit, stay, don't give your pet anything small to swallow. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, our next guest is a true pet champion. She's a clinical pet nutritionist, and she is the chief nutrition officer at Bow Wow Labs. Now, that's a cool name. Um, and like Dr. Judy, who we just had on, she's on a mission to save the lives of pets from choking. So glad to have you on the show. Please give it up for 
Jana Devereaux. Practice my French. Welcome, Jana. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So I probably tell bad jokes that people say I choke on. That is no laughing matter, though, when you're talking about real things that can be put, our dogs pop in their mouth and, and there's a choking incident. Can you kind of identify maybe a few common and maybe a few did not know things that dogs may choke on? Yeah. So, I mean, choking really is a, is a more of a common occurrence than most people know. Over 200,000 dogs go to veterinary facilities every year because of choking. Um, they can choke on things from like sticks that we all know about, balls, uh, specific types of toys, bones, um, cat toys. A lot of us have multi-species yeah. homes and we don't think about the fact that just because a ball is the right size for a cat or a toy is the right size for a cat, it's the perfect size to block a dog's airway um, and lead to a potential choking hazard. Um, you know, let's let's just talk about this. Anything that goes in your dog's mouth potentially could be a choking hazard. So I say you should look around your house at what's lying on the floor, what's out and about when you're around your dog and just have that a different set of lenses on um, when you're looking. Yes, it's like being a pet detective in a way, right? You're searching for uh-ohs from room to room. And, you know, people come in and they visit with you. They drop something down on the couch. Their purse spills open. There could be a choking thing right in the purse, right? Yeah, and if you have kids, I mean, there are a lot of small kids' toys that are the perfect choking hazard. And, you know, I don't say this, that every single pet parent has a dog that's going to be mischievous and, you know, put things in their mouth. But you should know your pet. Um, is your pet the kind that like they always smell with their nose first, but is your dog also the kind that then has to put their mouth on things to, to discover? I don't have a dog like that. So I can leave things around the house and not have that type of concern. But I feel like my dog is a rarity. Most dogs do kind of sniff and they put it in their mouth. And that's really when that's the, uh, investigate, right? Yeah. That's so how common occurrences at- cause problems. Yeah. You have a Lola as a dog yes. and a, a Henry as a cat. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So um, they've been listening to this. They need you to say something nice about them. <laughs> oh, my God. They're the best babies in the whole wide world. They're my rescues. Oh. And I always have nice things to say about my pets. They are my world. All right. Because of your background in nutrition, I mean, what we put in our mouth, if I'm a dog, is very important. But you also can shed some light on why dogs like to chew? Why do dogs need to chew? I mean, I used to chew my fingernails. I don't do that anymore. Bad, bad habit. <laughs> but what's the benefit of dogs chewing and also chewing the right thing? Well, dogs' uh, desire to chew is instinctual, right? That's how they would get, that's how they would eat their prey. They'd be ripping and tearing and shredding and crunching down on bone. So it provides the benefits of you know, satisfying their instinctual desire. It also helps to massage the gums in their mouth. It helps as they're chewing to also um, scrape against the teeth to help remove the biofilm, the plaque that accumulates that then could potentially turn into tartar. Uh, A very little known fact is that the act of chewing actually releases serotonin. So it also makes them feel happy. So it gives them an extra perk in that aspect and it provides mental stimulation and you know Arden more than anyone out there in a training environment mental stimulation is going to wear a dog out faster than physical exercise so you're really giving them a multi-layered benefit 
when you allow them on um, the opportunity to chew for more than about 10 minutes. So we're talking about a bully stick or a yak cheese chew or an uh, antler, which is up to debate for some people, or a goat horn, or a raw bone, those types of things. Yeah, and there are cautions because you don't want chipped teeth and you don't want that um, raw bone just marinating in your uh, house or in the hot sun for three days, right? Well, right, we don't. Common sense. Well, so know your dog, right? If you have a smaller dog that has a very bad oral care or oral um, health, or if you have a larger dog that has a lot of oral health issues, you want to be very careful with the types of long-term chews you're giving them, because if the teeth are compromised, they may be more likely to chip or tartar or uh, chip or, I'm sorry, let me, let me use my, my real brain, chip or crack or fissure. So those are the things that you kind of want to um, think about if you have a dog with a, an otherwise healthy um, oral cavity, then giving them different chews should be no problem. Obviously, with raw bones, you know, it, there's different types of raw bones. A raw meaty bone is going to be like a non-weight bearing bone, which is providing a different type of benefit than if you were giving them like a marrow bone. But it, there is bacteria that will end up sitting there and festering. So, you know, you give it to them and then you know, when they're done, you would either throw it away or you can clean it and freeze it, but never cook a bone and give it back to your dog. Don't ever try to sterilize it by cooking it first because you actually leach out the nutrients and minerals and it becomes very brittle. And that's when you could have shards that then go in and potentially might cause intestinal perforation. So you have to be careful. So if I'm going to be on Jeopardy and the questions about bones, I'm going to have you in a microphone whispering the answers to me because you know your bones you're on <laughs> no that's no that's good and everyone i i got to see uh jana in action at the global pet expo which was held recently in orlando it is seven football fields long and she was at a booth and like we had mentioned earlier in the show with dr judy morgan jana is here on a mission for a target zero Tell us about what's happening on June 22nd. So Bow Wow Labs, when we learned about the staggering statistic about how many chokes, uh, how many dogs choke, and the fact that no one's talking about it, we decided to champion National Pet Choking Prevention Day. This is dogs and cats because both species can choke. Cats on window blind cords and other things, but they both can choke. So June 22nd is the day that we have uh, sponsored and championed to basically bring education and awareness so that we can prevent this prevented preventable occurrence. That's the, the yes. good and bad part is that you can prevent this if you take the right steps. And that's what we want to do is help, and, help bring that down people, to zero choking. I want you, I'll say it again, but what's the website for the, the choking uh, prevention day? Yeah, it's nationalpetchokingpreventionday.com. The shortest website address out there. <laughs> but it's a big topic, so it needs a big URL. Absolutely. And I also want you all to check out BowWowLabs.com. So what is Bow Wow Labs? We've got a, about a minute or so before the break. Tell people what that is. Bow Wow Labs is an innovative, co innovative company that started out with a foundational product called the Bow Wow Buddy, which is a safety device to prevent dogs from choking on that last bit of a bully stick or a long-term chew. And we have really kind of grown into um, this amazing company where we are um, innovating, nutritious chews and, and treats, uh, nothing like what's on the market. And it started out just because, you know, dogs don't have thumbs, let's just say it. Uh, they want to get that, they want to hold that last chunk of chew 
in place in this Bow Wow Buddy. It, it's kind of got a screw twist kind of. Can you briefly say what it does? Yeah. So when dogs are chewing like a bully stick, for an example, they usually use their paws. And when they get down to that last inch, they no longer have the tactile ability to hold it in their paws. So they put it in their mouth. And then being dogs and being opportunists, they just swallow it. And that's when the choking hazard comes into play. The Bow Wow Buddy safety device allows you to insert the bully stick and screw it down so that you can't pull it out. Your dog can't pull it out. And most importantly, you're preventing choking on that last one inch or whatever that long-term chew is because it allows them to put their paws on top of the device and chew down without ever getting access to that last inch. Take that, Shark Tank. We got a real (laughs) inventor here in the mist, and she is uh, Jana Devereaux. I'm practicing my French. She is uh, there with Bow Wow Labs. We're going to talk more about this event, about keeping our pets healthy. After we take this break, you know the drill. Sit, stay, we'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And now you never have to miss not even one second of any episode. Why? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. (laughs) Bringing out the best in pets and their people, this is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Welcome back to uh, Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I am your host, Arden Moore. We're talking to Jana Devereaux. She's with Bow Wow Labs. She is teaming up to help deal with choking in pets. We want to make it preventable. You want to get your target of zero choking. We've talked about some things that dogs and cats can get into. And I did talk to Dr. Judy. She talked about the Heimlich maneuver. But... Have you had a situation ever where one of your pets was choking? It's got to be a little scary. Um, I did. And it was the most terrifying thing ever. Um, so I was giving Lola a pig ear um, and just with an asterisk here, right? My disclosure is that you should never, ever, ever give your dog any type of chew that when you're not in the room. If Good. you can't leave the room knowing they've swallowed it, then don't leave the room. And so practicing my own advice, I had given Lola and my boy, Diego, who was with us at the time, pig ears. And somehow the pig ear, when she got it down to a small enough size, went flat right up against her airway. And of course, I was watching them as I diligently do. And I saw a very subtle change where all of a sudden she stopped like moving her jaw and then her eyes just moved really they got really wide and then I went running over to her and luckily I had taken a CPR a first aid class um for for dogs and I did the finger sweep um and luckily you know my dog let me put my finger right in there just another reason just as another side note why you should always practice letting having your dog allow your hands in and around all parts of their body she had no problem I went in with a finger sweep and took the pig ear right out she will never have another pig ear not because of any reason that it just it gives me a little bit of a PTSD in the moment because if yeah. I had not been Is home that a pig? Right. or a PTSD <laughs> if I had not been home Lola would not be with me today so yeah. um and you're driving home the point it can happen in seconds as you may know I'm a master certified pet first aid instructor we do teach the doggy heimlich we do teach CPR but 
what you just said, I really applaud you. We also teach a head to tail, nose to toes, where we do wellness every week and we're handling our pets. So our hands are friends, not foes. And I applaud you, uh, Jana, for being there for Lola and, and she's used to your hands. So nice. That's a big deal, right? It's a big deal in a variety of ways. I mean, even getting off topic here for a second with choking, if you have a tick that adheres to a dog in a sensitive area, you need to get that out. If they're used to you touching them everywhere, you're going to be more successful in removing that than having to have a traumatic event where you have to bring your dog to the vet and have potential city, whatever it might be. Um, I, I, I'm a big advocate, um, to make the hands friends a hundred percent. Well, I'm curious about your background. Did you start out, you know, selling hot dogs in a movie theater? Were you a brain surgeon? <laughs> How did you get into pet nutrition and then the Bow Wow Labs? Cause you know, you're very, very well researched. I've always appreciated that in you. Thank you. Well, I've been an herbalist for about 20 years. So I've always been in the world of the holistic, right? Looking at food as medicine. Um, When I first adopted my boy Diego about 12 years ago, I was volunteering at an animal shelter. He was born um, when I was there. So I met him when he was three days old and fell in love. And that was that. Um, Diego, when I was lucky enough to bring him into my home at eight weeks, you know, I had him on the best pet food at the time, what I thought was the best pet food. He's doing air quotes on right. radio folks. <laughs> and what I realized was that he was having ear infections. He would get rashes, uh, a litany of issues. Um, and I worked very closely with a vet who said, switch food, try this. There might be allergies. Let's put him on medication, put him on steroids. And, at about, and I, was, I was a pet parent the first time, right? So I did what I was told. And then about six months in, that part of my brain that's an herbalist and, you know, thinking food is medicine was like, what are you doing, Jonna? Like, take a step back and let's look at that. Let's look at his food. And so I opened my first book on nutrition and that was really the beginning of my journey. I realized how much I did not know. um, And I just devoured every book out there. And then I started taking courses to become, um, and, you know, ended up resulting as being a clinical pet nutritionist for dogs and cats. Um, and then I opened a store in Rhode Island, a holistic pet boutique and supply store, because I couldn't find any stores that had the products I wanted. Um, so I opened that store about nine years ago. And then I was called, uh, I was called out as a trendsetter in the pet food uh, space in the pet marketplace. Um, and that is how I ended up finding or Bow Wow Labs found me. And when they reached out to me telling me what this Bow Wow Buddy was and what it did, I said, there's nothing like that in the market. And I can tell you, I have customers come in every day saying, what can my dog chew on? But it can't be a bully stick because, you know, I just had a $3,000 surgery because it was lodged in his GI tract or because my dog choked on it. So this product really um, solved a problem. And that is something that I can get behind. So I've been really lucky to be able to work with them. And now we're formulating a lot of amazing um, new products that are going to be available this fall. And, you know, give us a sneak peek or do we have to? No. Yeah. So we have um, it's going to it's called the Epic Chew. It's a gluten free, grain free, longer term chew that is chock full of functional ingredients. So we'll have one that supports hip and joint health. We'll have one that helps uh, supports dental health. Uh, one's like an overall superfood. So we'll we'll have a lot and it's going to be 
It's going to be amazing. It's going to provide all it's of the properties. Yeah, it's going to be epic. It's going to provide <laughs> all of those properties about long-term chewing that I identified earlier and provide all those benefits to your dog in a way um, that is completely palatable and good for them. And, you know, it's kind of cool to create a national holiday, too. Well, yeah. I mean, years ago, <laughs> I did create, I don't know if you know this, National Dog Party Day. I and didn't. I wrote a dog party book, but it was a party with a purpose. And we would raise money for small and medium charities. Then I got into the pet safety world. I can't party and be safe at the same time, I, apparently. <laughs> but what do you think about being part of the team that's starting this national pet prevent uh, choking prevention? I'm butchering it. Say it. Say it. National Pet Choking Prevention Day. Um, I'm really proud. I'm proud as a pet parent. I'm proud as an advocate for animals. Um, I'm proud of our company that, you know, it's not free. You don't get to go out there and just say, I have one a day. So I'm. they've invested time and man hours and money to help champion for other pet parents, right? To provide the education and awareness so that we can save all of the dogs and all of the cats, as many as possible with it, with the, the goal of all, um, because you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of people never knew that the end of a bully stick or the end of a yak cheese chew could become lodged and become a choking incident. They learn that after their dog has choked. We want to teach you that before that happens and then prevent it so you can help your neighbors, other pet parents, and we all will just start educating each other. I love it. I love it. What's a good food tip for people? Um, when I teach pet first aid, I talk about what could happen, like mealtime mayhem or stress from eating too quickly because there's a silent smack talk going on within a multi-pet household potentially. But I never mention a brand of a food because I feel like we're comb it's such a touchy topic. You are in that topic because people are, it's like talking religion and politics at the same yeah. time. I don't want a food fight. But what, is, what are a couple tips before we, I can't believe this segment goes by so fast. <laughs> what are a couple things you could share that might turn a light bulb on in people about food for their pet? Fresh is always going to be best, right? If you can't, and, and I am not one of those people from a nutritional uh, perspective that judges you on what you feed or don't feed. I say, you know, let's look at your budget and let's see what you can do that fits your budget that can also then improve your dog's health. We're talking to Jana Devereaux, and she is with Bow Wow Labs, bowwowlabs.com. And also say that website again for June 22nd's big deal day for dogs. It is www.nationalpetchokingpreventionday.com. We'll be sending out different uh, pieces of information and just spread the awareness and education with everyone you know, please. I love it. Hey, um, that's it for our show today, Pet Pals. I want to give again, pause up to our special guests, Dr. Judy Morgan and Jana Devereaux. And I also want to give a special shout out to our special sponsors, uh, Perniture Furniture Store, Perniture.com, and Tevra, the maker of products for healthy, happy pets, T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And if you're on the Tevra site, go ahead and include Arden23 at checkout. I also want to thank all the radio shows, Coast to Coast, that are airing Four-Legged Life. And I definitely thank you, Pet Pals, for tuning in. And until next time, this is your host, Arden Moore, saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, pause up. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week. 